Um, welcome to another episode of Uprising, a podcast to brought to you by POC. Um, I'm Melissa Law, Head of Marketing at POC, and I'm delighted to welcome today's podcast guest, Arup Ghosh, who is Head of Social Commerce for EMEA at Bizarre Voice. Now, Bizarre Voice is one of POC's very valued platform partners, which means we've actually integrated with them, as we feel that their specialism of social commerce is an ideal fit for a brand's app channel something that we're going to explore in this episode. So hi, Arup. Thank you for having me. Um, it's really nice. We're, we're actually doing this face-to-face. It's one of uh, the first face-to-face ones we've done for a while, and it just so happens to be on one of the hottest days in London. So thank you very much for squeezing yourself into a small recording booth today um, with very minimum air conditioning. So um, it's great to have you on here as a guest, and um, I thought we'd kick things off by digging a little bit more into your background, and if you could give us a bit of a personal insight, that would be really great. Yeah, sure. Um, so I actually graduated in engineering and then what well, graduated during the recession. So that was oh. <laughs> um, moved into sales, as you do. Um, and yeah, no, no connection to my graduation at all, my degree. Um, <laughs> but kind of being in sales for the best part of sort of 15, 15 years now, uh, specifically in MarTech sales for the best part of 11 mm. years now. Um, I, I've got a sort of five-year background working for Emarsis, which is sort of marketing automation, uh, email marketing platform, and then moved into the user-generated content slash social commerce space in the last six years, uh, a company called Curalate. Mm-hmm. And then through an acquisition of Curalate by Bizarre Voice uh, in 2020, let's not talk about that year too much. Um, uh, well, you know, good things did come out of it and I've been at Bizarre Voice now best part of three years. So um, yeah, I've been sort of doing social commerce for six plus years now and it's been great. Love it. Can't, can't complain. That's good. Well, I'm glad because that's what we're here to talk about. Yeah. So um I mean, tell us a little bit more about Bizarre Voice then and, and as a company, why did they make the move to buy Curalate? What was about it, this space that they see really as value? Yeah, uh, well, Bizarre Voice is a SaaS platform for content collection. Uh, typically, it's user-generated content that allows uh, brands and retailers to use. Um, its legacy for sort of 17 plus years has been more around the ratings and review space. Uh, which is you know very very important it's obviously a hygiene factor for many businesses today to have ratings and reviews we all use reviews as part of our consumer journey um, one of the reasons why they bought Curalate was because there's a real shift in the way consumers were purchasing and uh, were exploring content um, and Curalate had been the leaders in that space for a while being a, allowing brands and retailers to leverage social content um, and I know we're going to talk about it a bit more later but Social really is the forefront of now consumer journeys. People are starting on social when they think of um, you know, most of their journeys, um, when looking for inspiration. Uh, it also helps with the conversion part as well. Um, so it was a natural acquisition. I think Bizarre Voice always mm. tried to perhaps build something themselves, didn't quite work. Um, so the Curalate marriage was, was, was a good one. Um, and yeah, you know, that's gone from strength to strength in the last three years. Fantastic. And um, I think, um, sort of leads us on to a good place to start really because you mentioned around this term social commerce and I think it's I don't know how much it's evolved in terms of a term but I know the space has evolved a huge amount so could you start my baby giving us uh, a definition or or your definition of social commerce and what that actually means yeah absolutely I think look if you were to 
you know, look up what the, you know, what the meaning of social commerce is or who is a good social commerce platform, you're going to get the likes of Instagram and TikTok. And the reason for that is because the traditional, you know, definition is the ability to purchase through social, you know, so Instagram shopping, TikTok shop, etc. It's actually a lot more than that. It's the ability to take actionable content and display that across your digital touch points, whether that's your website, whether that's your email, whether it's your apps, etc., etc. And that's really where Bizarre Voice plays. It's the ability to collect that content, um, that highly inspirational content, and then display that wherever your consumers are, wherever your shoppers are. Okay, so when you say actionable content, so it's something where you're you're trying to create an action from it or is that but does the content also mean that it's not just your generated content it's from other places yeah we essentially the platform doesn't limit you in terms of what content you use you could use owned content branded content photo shoot content traditionally though it's more peer-to-peer or user content okay so you know i bought a product and i post that on my own social feed that is inspiring um, for a brand to be able to then show to other consumers, this is how you know, th- this is how other people are wearing our product or using the product, etc. Um, so yeah, it's it's the the definition really is around, and the, the reason why I say actionable content is because not all content on social media fits a business brand's guidelines or mm. is usable. Um, so the platform does allow you to moderate that content to make sure if it is going to go onto your site, okay. it is in line with what you want your you know, your brand is and, and your um, your moderation guidelines. Um, and yeah, there is a call to action, which is being able to shop the products that's displayed in that piece uh, in that piece of content. Mm-hmm. So what we have is a, a really cool product tagging engine, okay. um, which is part of the moderation. So you know, I acquire a piece of content from a consumer. I'm able to then tag XYZ products. So then another consumer that lands on the site is able to see those products and essentially shop the look. Mm. And that helps with conversion, social proof, you know, all of the great metrics that we can talk about all day long. So that that essentially is what we're talking about when we say actionable content. Okay, that's really interesting. I know that um, obviously, I mean, it's, it's such a fascinating space. If, if I'm coming from it with my marketing head, or if I'm coming from it with my sort of, you know, working for a, a digital type commerce company. And I know that, you know, you can see the evolution of 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 trust that brands are really trying to establish, I think, um, with their consumer. And, you know, it, it all very much started a long time ago with sort of brand influencers and things like that and paying them. And we've seen that evolution of... You know, you, they're now having to come up with this is a paid ad and yeah. and be a lot more transparent with it. And we've definitely seen more brands trying to leverage actually their real users, or want of a better word, or their yeah. real consumers really to to pass on that that trust to other consumers and create that community. Yeah. Um, so it feels like this is a a way of doing that, right? A- absolutely. Look, we allow you to use your influencer content. You're paying a lot of money for it, of mm-hmm. course. You know, there's no reason why you should um, not use it. But where we're seeing a lot of the brands shift in the last couple of years is more uh, authentic. Authentic, good word, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, targeting perhaps more nano and micro-influencers, so those who have less than sort of 10K followers. Um, we do have also have a, a community that we can tap into of 7 million plus content creators. Wow, okay. Uh, so that was for an acquisition uh, for a company called Influencer. Uh, it's a global community 
And if you are, for example, a brand and you want to uh, release a new product, mm. naturally you want to show reviews and show social content related to that product, you know, as it goes live. So you actually can do product launches with the community. So mm. um, you can pick out demographics, um, location, age, et cetera, et cetera. There's, there's I think, over 150 data points specific to the searches you could do. And then you could sample these products to them. So you can give the products to them as a return. They would then have to either post a review or create content on social. Right. So we're seeing that to work really, really well um, because these people are not, they're not big, big influencers. They don't have hundreds and thousands of followers. So the content is much more authentic. Mm. But apart from that, if you want to do it organically yourselves, um, again, it's it, we're, we're seeing a lot of a lot of businesses move away from influencers and target the authentic buyers, mm. the organic buyers, let's say. Um, but at the same time, influencers are still very much part of that strategy. So we're not saying move away from it, not at all, but combine it and do what's best for your business. Yeah, no, it sounds. I mean, it sounds like you as a, a business has thought about all those challenges yeah. right that that brands come up with or or they they come across um and how to potentially fulfill some of those because i can see how it can be difficult i feel like it may come naturally to some brands who are maybe you know have, have maybe originated on the social channels and so on but yeah. actually trying to make that leap across can can be a bit daunting but it sounds like you've got all sorts of tools to help them really um so let's try and bring it to life a bit more. Who do you think is doing it really well in terms of social commerce? Or if you've got any examples that you can share? Yeah, two, I think, come to mind. Uh, the first one is Space NK. Mm. Um, obviously, a, a well-known retailer in, in the UK, a beauty retailer. Um, they are, I mean, if you go onto their website, they have visual UGC or social UGC, whatever you want to call it. The first, It's the first thing that you see. Yeah. So, when we generally launch with a lot of companies, they're quite hesitant. They will A-B test it. They'll put it quite low down the page just because they've got other things happening at the top and the e-com team are quite uh, protective of that. But actually, after doing a lot of A-B testing, Space NK saw the engagement and the lift in performance of those users who engaged with that content was far higher. So what they do now is they put a very cool experience right at the top of the page. Mm. So, you know, even before the hero banner, you've got UGC literally sitting across the top of the page. All of that content shoppable. It has the ratings integrated into it, add to basket experiences. So it's very, very easy to go from, okay, I'm not really sure what I'm looking at or after anything to, oh, that's cool. I want to add to basket. On the PDP, they also have this little sort of toggle button that says, see it it for real, I think it's called. Um, So you could literally go from, okay, product information, great, hit the toggle button and it just pulls across a whole page of Instagram Reels. Literally showing users how other consumers, influencers, etc. have then shown that product. And that really brings things to life because that's what you want as a consumer. You want to be able to see how other consumers are using the product. What are the benefits that they're getting from it? Um, So I think they're doing it really, really well. Another one I would say is Samsonite. I mean, who would have thought suitcases could be... So two, so two very different exciting. brands. Exactly, yeah. So Samsonite run campaigns on TikTok. Okay. And they ask their consumers who have bought their products to basically post content on, on, on TikTok. And they, I think they use Instagram content as well. The travel um, space on social media has exploded over the last few years. With you know, If you think about travel influencers, you think about the amount of content creators now in the travel space. Mm. 
they're really tapping into that and they're doing really, really well. And I think their conversion rates specifically to these TikTok videos have gone up by sort of 150, 160%. It's a case study that we have on our website specific to it. It's super exciting. Um, and I always, when I talk to any sort of prospective customers, I always use a Samsonite example because it's like, if you can do this with suitcases, you can do it, <laughs> you can do it with anything, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, I mean, I can see, actually, I can see your point. It's just not something you would you would expect to right. really come to life. But, yeah. but we use them, right? We use them for exciting things in our lives. Yeah. So it makes sense that you use the consumer's content to, to showcase that. Um, so that's really good. But... With social commerce, I always, I always struggle with social commerce because it feels like a new thing, but it also feels like it's it's been around for a little bit, like you say, in that traditional mindset of just thinking about Instagram or, but not, you're right, you don't really see many people bring that in into their own brand's digital, um, I guess, their, their digital infrastructure. So, but how would you sort of recommend how does it fit into the other channels then for example that brands may be looking at you know we're seeing a lot more going on about in store and things like that now is is that something that could enhance that or yes um so we we always advise you put it on to the channels where your customers are on the most obviously the website that's the the forefront of our platform and our and our proposition um but we also advise you to integrate it into places like email of course mm -hmm. app as well yeah. you have a lot of your loyal customers in app they still need inspiration, so that's yeah. why we, you know, again, advise there. Uh, we have very, very good APIs, which essentially allows you to do whatever you want with the content. Once you've acquired it, once you've got the rights on that content, you can you can display it wherever your consumers are. So you mentioned in-store. It's a talking point a lot now. Mm. Uh, I think the whole, you know, see online but buy offline is, is very, very consistent still. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, people still need that confidence um, uh, before they go into a store. I mean, when you walk into a store, how many times have you looked at a product and then looked at the reviews online, right? Or looked at social yeah. content? It's, so it still exists. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can bring in UGC into your digital displays. So you can think about like a tablet, mm. even a, a mobile phone or like a, a TV screen within the, the store. So that's something that's becoming more common now. But the online experiences, social, email um, and site are the most common mm -hmm. with app and, and store following second i mean for sure you know as you know this this um podcast is called app rising that's what we do is native app and that's you know that's the reason why we have integrated with you guys right because yeah. the app is there it's people are engaging with the content on them more uh, and we see that through all the the results for our platform so what we're doing here is saying giving them as you quite rightly put a different type of content yeah. that they can browse in the app and it's giving again that more sort of trusted um, user experience, I guess. So it makes complete sense. So what's you mentioned some KPIs earlier, and I'm sure everybody's going to rush off and have a look at the Samsonite case study yeah. on your website, which is great. But what are the sort of KPIs? What are they that they could be expecting to get from this? You know, who who's going to really be the hero in the brand for putting something like this into the business? Um. The, the ultimate impact is going to happen on sites. So mm -hmm. the ultimate impact is going to be conversion, mm -hmm. conversion lift. We typically see users, and I say typically, this is kind of our benchmark. Yeah. The conversion rate lift is 140% when a user engages with that type of you know user-generated content versus someone who doesn't. It's a wow. big lift. It's a big yeah. jump. Um, and that's because they're just more inspired. They're more confident in making that purchase. Um, 
and that happens across all ages you know mm-hmm. uh, we constantly get asked oh that's surely that's just for gen z's and yeah like, well actually no because even the older audiences they don't want to you know buy and have to return because that's a very long process right they want to feel more confident in the purchase and that's why UGC is so important um, as part of their consumer journey, as part of their purchase decision. Um, so conversion is the obvious one. Um, we see a, a lift in time on site, time spent on mm-hmm. the site. Again, they're more engaged. They're less likely to then drop off or less likely to bounce. So we see an increase generally twofold mm-hmm. in the time that they spend on the site. Um, and the last one is the amount of money they're spending. So again, because they're able to explore more products, shop the look, very common now people... I mean, very a, a typical thing for me being a guy. I, I, you know, I don't like shopping in general, but to see someone and be able to shop their entire look within sort of one experience is so powerful mm-hmm. for me. Um, so that obviously then for the business is able to then increase the, the average basket value, average order value, and that's we typically see a sort of a fifteen twenty percent jump as well. It's it's interesting, very much aligned to you know the sort of KPIs we look at in app. Yeah. Um, because, as you say, it's all around engagement, really. Um, but something you touched on there that's quite interesting, and I know, as in the digital space, we don't like to commit ourselves to any of these types of KPIs in that way, but you touched on like the lack of you know, more confidence in not the need to return items, yeah. and that is such a big um, area for brands, really, and retailers, isn't it, is yeah. they want to really reduce those returns. And mm-hmm. you're right, actually being able to see something someone wearing that item with your same body type or something like that would really give people that more confidence and it's the right thing for them yeah um a couple of good examples in that space we work with isabella oliver they do maternity Mm -hmm. clothing um and again it's you know size is such a big factor to them uh we also have some brands that are sort of more towards the plus size clothing Mm -hmm. again very very important and then i'd probably say one that does it really well is marks and spencer again they don't target the Gen Zs, they do, but you know their yeah. typical audience is a little bit older, older, and you know for the, for those people, they're finding so much more confidence in seeing this type of content from other people, similar people, similar mm. ages, um, and again, you know those metrics that we talked about. That's what Marks and Spencer are also seeing as well. And in a strange way, they're probably the people you you want to put this content in front of on your own brand digital space because. They might not be looking you up on TikTok, right, or Instagram, or those other right. traditional social channels, but it doesn't mean it's any less powerful um, when you're servicing it on your own, on yep. your own brand channels. Yeah, it's absolutely. really interesting. Yeah, really interesting. Um, so, so what are the sort of considerations a brand needs to make? But you, you touched a little bit on, you know, where the content's going to come from and so on. But what are your, I guess, your go-to tips for getting started on this sort of thing? Yeah, I guess understanding what authenticity means to you as a business mm. to start with. Um, we work with a lot of brands that are moving into the space for the first time are quite nervous about using UGC because they don't feel like it meets their brand guidelines. We work with some luxury businesses who, mm. again, higher price point are very much like, well, no, we don't want to use UGC at all. That's, that's, that's too, much, uh, too much risk there. And that's why moderation is so important. Um, but lean on your own content you know you spend so much money in-house creating that content why are you leaving it just on social media Mm. you know social is great for your typical likes engagement etc but it's not really driving you the the pound dollar value and that's why bringing it onto your site bringing it onto app really has the conversion impact so i think understanding what authenticity means to you as a business understanding Mm -hmm. what your moderation 
guidelines really are. And that can change, of course, that can change over time. And on a Bizarre Voice, you know, we have a moderation team that can work with you on that. That's really important as well. Um, so that's one. And then I think understanding what the KPIs are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we again work with some businesses who their website is very much used for discovery um, and not necessarily conversion. So don't then look at using UGC as a conversion mechanism because it's not going to happen naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, again, understand what your conversion, uh, understand what your KPIs are. Sorry, um, and then work. You know, build your program around that. Yeah. I think that's it, isn't it? It's it's the classic, isn't it? What are you trying to achieve? Yeah. <laughs> what does your brand stand for? Yeah. Um, and the tools are out there to do it. It's it's just, you know, you you can't. And I guess this is what probably restricts a lot of of these brands as well at the moment is thinking, as you properly put, this is just for Gen Zs and so on. It's trying to understand actually the tools are there. What would look good for your brand? Yeah. Uh, and moving forward. Yeah. That's interesting. Thanks. Um. So what's what's next though in this space? So you educated me a lot. Thank you very much on this social no commerce space. Um, but what's what do you think is the next thing down the road? Um, I think everyone's buzzword right now is AI. Oh, I should have put money on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, how how is AI going to essentially um, change social and social commerce? We've started to dabble in it a little bit. Mm. Uh, well. I say started a few years back, um, a core part of our moderation, our product tagging is actually using AI to define what products are in the image imagery. Um, So that makes that product tagging and that connection between content and products very, very good and very, very easy. Um, So saves the time of the moderators. Um, So we've been doing that for a while. Now we've started looking at things like generative AI. Um, Mm -hmm. So automating things like social media captions Mm -hmm. to help social media managers because we appreciate they are very stretched, don't have a lot of time, they're doing a lot of, you know, wearing a lot of hats within the business. So how can we help them? So we look at the content they're about to post, the image, the video. We look at what they've historically posted and try and combine the two to give them a recommended caption that they can post. It's It's not something that's mandatory. Of course, they can edit it, they can change it, but it just makes life a bit easier, mm. of course. Um, will it remove the role of a social media manager? No. I've mm. seen loads of things on LinkedIn about, you know, is, is AI going to take away certain roles? Absolutely not. You know, the social media manager knows the brand. AI doesn't. Um, social media manager knows the demographics, knows the tone of voice um, that it wants to portray. Again, AI can touch on those areas, but really can't do it the same way. Um, so, yeah, those are couple of the things that we're kind of looking at exploring internally in the business um, but you know is it is AI really going to change the way social works today uh, not in the near future in my opinion um, mm. but who knows I find it really interesting actually because you you know you're talking about AI purely from an efficiency perspective just yep. making your life easier just you know giving you that sort of little bit of extra time to use that I guess that little bit of magic that you have as a social media manager or so on yeah. to add that on. Um, and which is also quite interesting from a consumer perspective, because what we're talking about is this real life human imagery that's going to yeah. um, going to sort of nudge our behavior in some way or give us a bit more confidence. And I think the more we talk about AI in this sort of commerce world, I think 
it's going to be even more important to show that human touch in there and yeah. that 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 realism, isn't there? I mean, lots of lots of um, lots of things in the news this week about the music industry, for example, right? Yeah. And, and music and and it's yeah, it's interesting. I think there's a lot of scope there. I think from a business tools perspective, it's a fantastic thing. I used to get these incredibly stretched people a bit more time back yeah. uh, to leverage that. But I think it's a really nice. Uh, to sit alongside the fact that you've got these real images from real people trusted. It's quite a nice yeah. synergy, really. I, I, yeah, I, I think the, having it there to help you is great, mm. but is it going to replace the role and, and what social people do today? Absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, the term social proof says it all, right? Yeah. It's it's Social proof is there because you want this real-life um this real life message there to tell yeah. you this is good or this is bad and uh, yeah, um, com yeah computers can't they can't change that at the moment yeah. so that's good um well thank you very much that was really good um really interested we we do usually finish the podcast with uh one question that we ask all our all, all our guests and that's if you have an app that you would recommend to our listeners so doesn't have to be bit well we try and keep you away from the business related ones you know sure. everyone has mail on their yeah, their, yeah, yeah. their phone and so on but anything that you use on a regular basis that actually makes your life a little bit better that you would recommend yeah so i travel a lot for um uh, with my family but for work as well mm -hmm. um so for me having uh, the ability to book and also manage my travel in one place is is, is vital and i think probably expedia does that really, really okay. well um so there's not many apps that I am comfortable booking an entire holiday or mm. entire work trip on. And Expedia has made it very, very easy to do that. Um, they do provide me sort of recommendations based on what I've looked at in the past or what's trending, mm. etc. Not to say that I necessarily buy into that, but it's good. It's a very good experience, very seamless and very easy app to use. Mm. And as I say, if I've got multiple bookings in place, which I do sometimes, it's very easy to manage all of those in one place. So yeah, I, I would I, you know highly recommend that's an app. Um, I'm going to have to download it. I don't have it on my phone. Yeah, they've got a great membership loyalty program as well. Oh, did um, oh, good. So I've got loads of points. Yeah, member. If you're <laughs> travelling for business loyalty, and yeah. with the family, you need a good loyalty exactly. system. That's really good. It keeps you coming back for more. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, no, that's a good one. Thank you. We've had a, a variety. I think that's our first travel one. Um, I've not actually said mine, but mine is also travel related. So okay. I appreciate uh, making that whole side of life a lot easier and yeah. simpler. And it's really important. So thank you. OK, well, thank you very much for joining us, Rue. And um, thanks to the audience for listening. If you want to learn more about social commerce and the opportunities it brings for brands to improve those key KPIs that we discussed. Um, I know that you would be more than happy to have a conversation with anyone. Cool. So I'm sure they can reach out to you on LinkedIn. Um, obviously, everyone should go to the Bizarre Voice website and check out that Samsonite uh, case study. I actually want to go and check out the content now, though. I want to check yeah. out how they're making those suitcases look incredibly exciting. Um, and finally, I hope uh, everyone tunes in again for more sort of app insights onto the podcast. But thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you.